everybody how's it going welcome back to the podcast it is the sunday morning after ufc 276 and what a very very fun night of fights we had last night i mean a lot there's a lot to unpack here so let's let's just get on into it <clears throat> i mean when the first fight of the night starts off with uh jessica rose clark breaking her um her arm she posted something on instagram about it last night and i didn't watch it i hope she's doing i hope she's doing well though i wish her well um but didn't break it i guess looks like she more dislocated it uh julia uh, julia stolarenko i believe is how you pronounce her name i mean that was that was really really quick into the fight too as soon as she got that arm bar i mean it was what 40 40 i believe 42 45 it was under a minute in the first round but as soon as she got that arm bar I mean, she had latched onto that thing, and I mean, she didn't. Je Jessica didn't even have time to tap. It looked like before she, <laughs> before it was broken. But hats off to Julius Durenko. Hopefully, Jessica Rose Clark is doing all right. I mean, that's a nasty, nasty injury. I posted that everywhere. I'm sure. I'm sure you guys saw it all over the internet last night. I mean, that's the first fight of the night. Uh, Julia got a performance bonus for that as well, which is wonderful. She was 0-4, I believe, in her last four fights. So she definitely, definitely needed that win. It was do or die for her. And she got, she got it done. And then we had Jessica I and Macy Barber, and this was for me a sleeper fight. It was on the early prelims, but I mean, I thought it was a very good matchup. But I'm not sure exactly what Jessica I I's game plan was. It looked like it was to get in with a clinch with her and take her down, and that's kind of what we saw in the second round. She was able to get her to the ground. Which I was surprised that that was her game plan until we saw her and Macy stand and trade there in that third round. And Jessica was not getting the best of those exchanges. Very, very good matchup. But it was really Macy's first real top matchup. I mean, Jessica I is a real veteran. She's done it all. She's fought Shevchenko. She's fought for the title. Um, went on that big win streak she did a while back. So... Um, Macy looked fantastic. She's doing really well down there with Team Alpha Male. I think, I think she's found her home down there, which is great. Uriah was in her corner. Cody was there cheering her on. It was it was great to see. It's good to see her uh, finally kind of put something together and instead of you know getting an early finish, you know, go through three rounds. Uh, well, not not just to to sneak out a easy decision, but it was a pretty clear cut decision. She just outclassed Jessica. She looked fantastic, and Jessica retired. I mean, congratulations to her. You know, she's she's done it all. I mean, you can you can hate all you want. I mean, she was what 15 and 11 in MMA, but how many people can say they fought for a title and fought in the UFC for as long as she did? So, congratulations to Jessica. I no losers here in this in this situation. Fantastic, fantastic career. Can't can't really get much better than that. And the feature bout on the early prelims, you had Andre Muniz and Uriah Hall. Andre Muniz is a very, very sneaky contender at middleweight. He's a lot bigger than you think. Uriah's huge, and he didn't look small in there um, versus Uriah Hall uh, whatsoever. Uriah was not able to really get off any of his striking. He was just, he just seemed to step behind Muniz um, the entire time, which was really interesting because Uriah, if he's standing and trading with somebody it doesn't even seem like it's it's close usually the only success people get against him is on the ground unless he fought you know he fought Paulo Costa and he was able to 
he was able to stand and trade with him, but he's a very good striker as well. But Muniz had no problem standing and trading with him. But, uh, excuse me, he, uh, Muniz is an absolute beast, man. His striking has showed much improvement, and he controlled Uriah Hall, I mean, <laughs> through the entirety of the fight. Once it went to the ground, Uriah Hall was not able to get back up. He got back up, I think it was the end of the second round, and threw some bombs at him, but... I mean, other than that, it was just an absolute dominant performance by Andre Muniz. This, he, Andre Muniz might be a real sneaky contender coming up at uh, 185 pounds. I know we're going to talk about Alex Pereira here soon, and you know he's probably going to be next up for the title shot. But watch out for Andre Muniz. Uriah Hall is a big, big stepping stone in this division, and Uriah was on a winning four, one four out of his last five. I think he lost to Sean Strickland last in his last fight out, but I mean he's looked fantastic. Other than that, in those four, those four wins. So, yeah, I mean if you can beat Uriah Hall the way that he did, he easily got through Eric Anders. He snapped Jacare Souza's arm. I mean the dude's ground game is frightening, and his stand up is improving. So, this dude. This dude is is a, definitely a guy to look out for. And then in the prelims, we had we had a lot of good fights. Not a whole lot of finishes, but, I mean, that wasn't indicative of the performances that we had. And that brings us to Brad Tavares and, uh, is it Drykus? I can't pronounce this gentleman's name. Uh, but Deplacis. Uh, De um, if you guys don't know Deplacis, he is, um, I, I want to say he fought in K1. I'm not certain, but he has a very high kickboxing pedigree. And last night against Brad Tavares, the dude was just, everything he threw at Brad just <laughs> seemed like he was trying to knock him out with. And he had power and technique. And Brad was actually kind of capitalizing um, off of Drickus because um, he was leaving big openings there in the first round. Um, I think I had Brad winning that first round, if I remember correctly, because he was able to uh, land the shots that looked like he was uh, hurting Deplacis. But, I mean... Rounds two and three came, and man, the, the the absolute viciousness that that man was throwing on Brad Tavares was crazy. I mean, and even he went into the third round, looked like he was tired, and it looked like him being tired was actually helping him uh, land land his combinations because he wasn't throwing it with as much uh, force as before, but. That that dude also might be a sneaky contender. He's he's got the look. His striking's very good. We haven't seen him. I don't believe we've seen him on the ground at all. I I am not I'm not certain if we have. Let me look on his last fights. I can't remember when he fought last. But um, last night versus Brad Tavares. Look, I mean the dude's a savage. Let me look at his sure dog here. Can't remember who he fought last. Yeah, no. Yeah, his only loss in MMA recently is uh by knockout. I think he has one submission loss, but that was all the way back in 2014. But dude's a savage. He's five and zero now. Beat Trevin Giles with a knocked out Trevin Giles, knocked out Marcus Perez. Three oh sorry, three fights in the UFC though. But 5-0 in his last five fights. Man. 
That dude's scary, man. Brad Tavares is definitely a big step up too in competition uh, compared to Trevin. I mean, Trevin Giles is no joke either. He's a he's an absolute savage as well. But man, that dude is fun to watch. He, I mean, they were fighting on ABC last night, so I'm sure that had something to do with it. He was the first fight on ABC, first fight on ABC since I believe Max Holloway and Calvin Cater. Lots of eyes on you. Big card. You're fighting with Donald Cerrone. On the on the prelims as well, and man, dude looked sensational in that fight. And then Ian Gary and Gabriel Green, uh, Ian, you know, gets the gets the decision win. Uh, had Gabriel hurt a lot in that fight. Um, he Gabriel looked okay in the first round. He was able to. He was trying to take his back and take him down. Didn't go so well, but hey, no big deal. It is what it is. Gabriel looked a uh, fared a lot better than the odds had him at. Um, he was only a. Oh, never mind. He was plus 155. I'm thinking of somebody else. But, um, yeah, good fight. Ian Gary, definitely a, a new contender in the division. Uh, wants to be like Connor from Ireland. So, lots of those guys, always, they always want to be like they always want to be like Connor. But, really fun fight to watch. A lot of these fights in the prelims were exciting. And then we had Jim Miller, Donald Cerrone. Jim Miller gets the win. Second round submission, guillotine. Donald had him hurt. Uh, with a head kick, uh, and that, but he slipped. Jim Miller jumped on that guillotine, and when Jim Miller gets your, <laughs> when Jim Miller gets your neck with a guillotine, man, it's that's a tough outing for anybody, including Donald Cerrone. But Donald retired, man. That's probably the best for him. He's been doing a lot of movies. He's fucking great in them. I haven't seen any of them, but I've seen him in some of the uh, trailers he's posted, and he looks great in those. I mean, he's got a good western look to him, but. Congratulations, Donald Cerrone. I mean, that's a good guy you want to lose to, too. He's, he's, it's been a rough ever since he fought Connor, And it's good to see him against a guy like Jim Miller where it looks, you know, they have a lot more evenly matched, not a young killer. But glad to see him move on. It was time, you know. Um, he's given us some of the, the greatest fights we've ever seen. He's done everything but win a world title. He's fought for one. Fought Connor. Made a lot of money doing that, I'm sure. And hey man, Jim Miller. I believe that's a four fight win streak for him now. He's had just a career resurgence here, man. Thirty eight years old. Looks fantastic. He's still out there. He's he's hurt I mean, he knocked out a young dude recently. Can't remember who it was, but he's just looked fantastic, man. Uh I know he was on Rogan's podcast, and he was saying he wants to be... He fought at UFC 100, he fought at UFC 200, and he wants to fight at UFC 300. And Man, I don't think they're letting go of this guy anytime soon because, I mean, he could be in the top 15 any, uh, soon. Who knows? I mean, the lightweight division's pretty stacked, so probably not, but, man, the way it's going, he's looking fantastic. So, but, hey, hats off to Don Cerrone. Congratulations on retirement, brother. Incredible stuff. We, we always love watching you, so... Yeah, then Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner. I thought that was going to be a much longer fight. That was my pick for what I thought was going to be fight of the night. I mean, Jalen Turner just jumped on that guillotine with in 45 seconds and submitted him. What a dude is so big for 155 pounds. I have I posted it um, on my Instagram and my TikTok about how how large that man is at 155 pounds. Sorry, had to pause it for a second. But uh, that brings us to the main card. 
fun main card that we had. I mean, after that first uh, fight was... Uh, sorry, my cat won't shut the fuck up. She's pissed, dude. My cat won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Eureka. Her name's Eureka. Hey. It's, is it that bad? There we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I didn't think so. Sorry. But we started off with Sean Strickland and Pedro Munoz. I mean... We're two two rounds in, ends in a no contest due to an eye poke. It's not like we were missing much action. Not much was really going on. Um, came out today that Pedro Munoz actually suffered a corneal abrasion. So for those of you that were like, he was trying to get out of the fight. He didn't want to fight. <laughs> it's not like Sean was beating the shit out of him. Then he was like, oh, my eye hurts. No, he actually suffered an injury. And uh, it was a pretty, you know, toe-to-toe -to -toe fight. They weren't doing much. Just throwing a lot of outside leg kicks. I don't know. I don't know how many punches landed. It couldn't have been that much. I, I got the stats right here. Fifty total, fifty-one total strikes between the two of them in two and a half rounds. So it's not like we missed. We missed that much. But it, the only problem I have with this is this was going to be the fight that was going to tell us if Sean O'Malley. Sorry, let me get my cat real quick. I gave her some fancy feast that should shut her up for at least 15 minutes. <laughs> but uh, but this, like I said, this was going to be the fight. It was going to tell us, you know, where Sean O'Malley was at. He fights a tough guy in Pedro Munoz. And he stands around and dances for a round and a half, pokes him in the eye, gets an injury. Now we got a no contest. I mean, do we schedule that fight again? I don't know. I don't really know what we do with Sean O'Malley. I don't know if what we do with Pedro. I don't know if we reschedule the fight. I don't know if we book him with somebody else. I know Cody Garbrandt's been calling him out for a long time. Um, it looked like P uh, Piotr Jan was, was called him out after the press conference and said that he'll accept the fight if he wins this fight. So I don't know if he accepts it now. Or I, There's just a lot of unanswered questions. And it left... I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of disappointed with how it ended. I mean... Anytime there's a DQ or a no contest, it's not exciting for anybody. But when it ends with, I mean, it's not like it was a very clear, like, oh, well, Sean was, Sean was definitely winning that fight, or Pedro was definitely winning that fight before it, before it got stopped. There was no, not really a whole lot of action. So, I don't, I don't, like, I don't know what, I don't know what to say. But, I would like to see the fight rescheduled. I thought that it was a good matchup. I I don't know if Sean O'Malley is ready for a guy like Piotr Jan yet because we didn't really see what he had against Munoz. So at least we have a little justification for the Munoz uh, uh, corner, though. He was, I mean, when a guy says they can't see, it's not like the doctor's like, yeah, it's he's fine. No, you can't fight if you can't see unless you're Michael Bisbing. So, oh, well. And, man... Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barbarino. What a goddamn fight that was. The two guys immediately just went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. They were they were throwing like 10, 15-punch combinations. Then they'd take a step back to reset and go right back in. The, f the fact that that fight went any longer than one round is incredible. It almost went to the third round before Barbarina um, caught him at the end of that second round. But... Fight of the night for sure. It would have been uh, Deplacis and Brad Tavares if it wasn't for that absolute barn burner. I mean, every time Robbie Lawler steps foot in the octagon, fireworks. Every time, without a doubt. I don't think I've ever seen a boring Robbie Lawler fight. 
It doesn't happen. The guy's 40 years old and he's still a savage. And he was winning the fight. I had, I think I had Barbarina, if I remember correctly, winning that first round. I could be wrong. I was drinking all night. <laughs> so, But I'm pretty sure he was winning that first round. And then Robbie was dominating him in that second round. Almost finished him. And then Barbarina just came back with violence. <laughs> Absolute violence at the end of that second round to put him away. Uh, but yeah, they won fight of the night. It was definitely my fight of the night. And... Robbie still has it, man. I know he lost that fight, but at 40 years old, Robbie Lawler still has it. Absolutely incredible stuff from those guys. And, man, our feature bout, Alex Pereira and Sean Strickland. I don't know why Sean's game plan was to stand there and trade with possibly the best striker that we have in the UFC. And not just the best striker... Alex Pereira has real power in his hands. Real power in his hands. <sighs> what a left hook from Alex Pereira. And what a great job in not rushing in on Sean Strickland when he sat him down. He he approached him, t t set his feet, and landed another beautiful right hand while, uh, while Strickland was down. And finish the fight quickly. I don't know why Sean Strickland's game plan was to stand there and trade with Pereira. But that was that was a very big miscalculation on Sean Strickland's part. I don't know if he was like, oh, well, you know, this is MMA. It's not kickboxing. And he was going to maybe try to clinch with him and take him down. Or, or what? Where he was just trying to make a statement and get a title shot, but... Clearly, that did not work. Finishes him in the first round, 2 minutes and 36 seconds. What a scary guy Alex Pereira is. And it, I mean, when you beat when you beat the number 4 guy in Sean Strickland, I mean, I don't know where else you go from there. I don't know who exactly you could put you could put next next with him. I mean, I mean, I don't know who is Who's in the? Let's, let's go look at the rankings here real quick. Who could you? Uh, I mean, Jared Cannonier. You could have them. I mean, the only people above him is Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier, and Robert Whitaker. I mean, you could put him against Robert Whitaker. I mean, that's a fight I would love to see. I don't know if. Uh, Yeah, I mean Andre Muniz. I don't know if they're gonna put him against Muniz because that that could be a rough that could be a rough night out for him. That could that could kind of derail all their plans for uh, Alex Pereira. But I mean, I would love to see him fight Robert Whitaker. But I mean, let's be honest: the fight to make is Israel Adesanya. Let's just I mean, before we get into Max Holloway and uh, and uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, let's let's talk about the Izzy fight. He's really only had two exciting fights since he's been champion. I mean, the first Whitaker fight was pretty good. Paulo Costa fight was fantastic. I mean, beat the shit out of Paulo Costa. Wasn't even close. Marvin Vittori, you know, nothing to be noted. Who else has he fought? I mean, he fought, he fought Whitaker twice. The second fight was pretty good, too. But... Phew. 
I mean, you could easily put him put him right up there with Izzy at this point. Izzy, and let's make it clear, I don't think Izzy's a boring fighter. I just think he's so good. And got, I mean, myself, when I spar guys that are, you know, more of my level, it's going to be, as a spectator, as a guy who doesn't even fight professionally, we're, ama- we're as an amateur. I mean, I don't fight anybody. Fuck that. I don't want to fight nobody. But I think it's important to get in there and, and train if you're going to be commenting on, you know, on the sport. Anyway. I, I It's going to be more exciting for you to watch me spar a guy at my level than it is going to be exciting to watch me spar a guy that's, you know, 6'3". One of our guys at our gym. You know, he's 6'2". He's trained in Thailand. He's going to beat the shit out of me. He's just going to keep me away from him. And that's what Izzy does. He just keeps guys away. He doesn't let guys get in. Because when he pops you, he was popping Cannoneer with that jab all night. That hurts. And then if he if he gets a right hand, a left hand on you, whatever stance he's in, that hurts too. His kicks hurt. Those outside leg kicks, they hurt. I know they don't look like much. But those add up. Three, four, rounds three, four, five, those start to, those start to really add up and they hurt. And that's what kind of creates boring fights. I mean, that's why you saw Izzy and Yoel Romero not be exciting because Izzy's just going to keep him away. He's going to teep him. He's going he's gonna to throw jabs at him. When he, when he rushes on him, he's going to not run away, but, you know, he's going he's gonna to slip off and not, and not want to run into those takedowns. And that's why you saw that fight not be super exciting. But Alex Pereira, on the other hand, is not afraid of Izzy striking. Not at all. And that's where you could get a real exciting fight with Izzy. And I, honestly, if I'm the USC, UFC, that's the fight I make is Izzy and Alex Pereira. I don't care if he's only beat one guy in the top ten. He beat Sean, he beat Sean Strickland. He's the number four guy. It doesn't get much better than that in that division. I think the only guy you could argue is even close to the be- to beating Israel is Robert Whitaker. Because that, that second Whitaker fight was very close. It was very close. So. I don't know, man. I like I like Alex Pereira and Izzy. I think that's the fight to make. And I think that's a fight they're going to make. So, Dan is smart. He knows what he's doing. But uh, let's jump back up to the co-main event here. Alexander Volkanovsky. We need to start putting some respect on that man's name. I know the second fight with... Um, Oh, what's his name? Max Holloway. With Max Holloway wasn't exciting. Not not wasn't exciting. Was I mean, I I had Matt, I had Max winning three three out of two rounds easy. I did not have Volkanovski winning that fight. But what we saw here against Max Holloway, I don't know if Max Holloway's just didn't have a good night or if Volkanovski is just that much higher level of a fighter than Max Holloway is right now. I mean, it seems like he has just hit a different gear than everybody else that he's fought. I mean, the Brian Ortega fight, Brian caught him in a couple submissions and it was close. But after, but other than that, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a competition. Brian had no chance against Volkanovski other than those two submissions attempts that he almost, that he almost hit on him. Chan Sung Jun, very good fighter. You know, he's getting older, but 
it, he was completely outclassed, and Chan Sung Jun is the number seventh ranked guy in the world. I mean, I don't know who you could put against him. Cater looked okay. Emmett looked fine. He hits hard, so maybe he could catch him. Bryce Mitchell's right there. He's ranked number nine. Maybe you could put him in the mix. But I don't see one man on the planet right now that could beat Alexander Volkanovsky at 145 pounds. He wants to move to lightweight. I understand that creates some problems. With, uh, I mean, Makachev really deserves a shot at the title. But pff, I'd love to see it. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I'd love to see it. I, He's the only guy I think causes any sort of problems for him. I mean, Volkanovski right now is ranked number two pound for fa- pound for pound, uh, right underneath Usman. If Volkanovski, I don't know about you guys, but if Volkanovski is the same size as Usman, I don't know if Usman gets out, gets out of that fight winning. I know that's that's uh, recency bias, but hey, that's a fantastic fight. <laughs> I mean, Usman's much much bigger than Volkanovski, so that's hypothetical, but. Hey, amazing stuff this weekend, guys. That's all I have for you today. We'll be back next week. I'm going to start doing these on Sundays. My cat's meowing again, so <laughs> I'm going to get going. But I'm going to start doing these on Sundays right after the fights. It's exciting stuff. This weekend we got uh, Rafael Fazeev's and uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. So that should be a good fight. But that's all I have for you guys today. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Follow me on Instagram, all that good stuff, TikTok, Twitter. I don't post much on Twitter, but give me a shout-out on Twitter there. And uh, that's all I got for you guys tonight. Enjoy the uh, fights next weekend. We'll see you. Thanks. Bye.